Hope y'all had a great weekend. How's your, how's your weekend, Chad? It was a little up and down. Yeah. I, I definitely got a case of the Mondays because I mean, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning oh, at all. Yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> it definitely happens. Time to switch gears and put it in the drive for the week. If you've seen my schedule, <laughs> yeah, you would want to say you would want to stay in bed today one more day. <laughs> we'll make it. God, God will give us the strength. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Um, all right, we're going to start off with our devotional. This morning it's called My Beautiful Inheritance. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Quiet your heart in his presence and pray. Keep hope alive as you long for God to come through for you. Psalm 37, 4 and 7. Lord, in you I am totally fulfilled. The longings of my heart are satisfied as I feast upon your faithfulness. Hope comes alive when I'm in your presence. My sense of security cannot be bought. All the money in the world could not purchase what I have, the blueprints to an abundant existence. With faith that pleases you and captures your attention, I give you full control. I release the reins of my life into your hands. As long as I trust you and fix my heart upon your love, I know you'll take care of the rest. So I quiet my heart in your presence and hope in you continually. You are the fulfillment of my dreams, my beautiful inheritance, the foundation upon which my world stands. You'll never leave me or forsake me. Instead, you love me. Amen. Amen. So, um... Usually the devotional kind of, I think maybe in a way it does kind of goes along with uh, what we're going to talk about today. And it's kind of crazy how that usually works out because we don't plan it that way. No, we don't. It's it's actually just out of the daily devotional. So God likes to line them up, I think. I, I think so too. Because like you and I were talking before uh, we went to bed last night and like we were chatting back and forth and um, you read something to me at or you sent me a devotional at the end of the day. That disaligned with everything we were kind of talking yeah, about. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was just like, wow. Yeah, you know, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It happens all the time, though. Yes. It happens all the time. It does. It just, it just. I don't know if he just knows that that's what that day is going to be about. Like maybe, you know, more, pe- more people than us are struggling. Not really struggling with things because we weren't... I was kind of struggling with something yesterday, but um, I. it was more along the lines that, you know, um, there's things that God does to me once in a while that I'm really uncomfortable with. One was uh, what happened like early morning hours, and then the other one was uh, he'll tell me something to tell someone, and I I don't want to say it because you know like I'm like man that's like grounds for an argument. If I say this, this is gonna be an argument. Right. And like and I'm just like you know, but I also got told by someone who who gives words every once in a while that if you don't give a word that God gives you to somebody, that you can be you know he'll he'll figure out a way. There's consequences for not yeah not following through what God tells you to do. So. Yeah. So uh, basically, that brought me to. We were talking and like we were kind of going over what we we're going to talk about today, and like, I, you know, it was actually kind of. I kind of think that's what I was getting at was giving and receiving. But like I asked you, I said, "Well, just kind of close your eyes and just ask God what He wants to talk about today." And we came up talking about receiving and giving. Yeah, He showed me just open hands. Yeah. So. And so I that brought me back to a conversation I was having with somebody where. I was talking about 
No, this was on like a, maybe like a, like a, I was talking about how people were giving me gifts of financial gifts or people were giving me this, you know, not just monetary gifts, but just gifts in general, like, uh, you know, clothing or whatever it may be. Just, they were, they were gifts that, had, you know, like would be considered um, charity? Not charity, not charity. Um, like they were brand new, like, like, for instance, like Christmas time, you know, or something like that. Them kind of gifts. No, oh, right, right. You know, and and I was just like, uh, but as far as money goes, like I I was telling telling this person, I mean, I hate when people, I hate money. And he's like, this guy was like, um, well, why do you hate money so much? Is it because you are, in it, you know, you don't handle money well, or do you, is it because you just don't know how to you know, properly save or properly spend it or what, what is it about money you don't like? I said, I just hate the way it changes people. Mm, right. I said, because I've, I've seen people come up from nothing and all of a sudden have something and they were the nicest people in the world when they had nothing, but when they ever got money, it just seems like their, their whole, their whole um, demeanor, morals, everything changed. Right. It's almost like the more money they got, the, the higher class of standards that they had to live by. Right. And that's just living in the world. When you start thinking that way, it's like you're about the world very much. You care about what everybody else thinks about you. And then I've seen people who have actually gotten money where they live very humbly, almost just as, you know, like even sometimes in some cases, like more humble than they lived before they got money. Right. And <clears throat> I, when I see that situation, I, I, I engage in conversation with these kind of people almost instantly because I want to know, um, why the temptation not to uh, buy the the Land Rover instead of the you know the family car, the the economy car so right. to speak, and where that mindset comes from and how the you know you know that I kind of tell them well you know you can't take it with you so what do you do, and oftentimes a lot of these people are very um, active in a lot of charity stuff like <clears throat> they'll they'll donate a lot of money to ministry work or to people. Like in like, you know, like we were talking about this, this program called the Calix program that is for like people with like disabilities, learning disabled and stuff like that. But it's a community that was created to help have them independently living. They have their own apartment, you know, they're, they're monitored basically, but they live their own, it's in a community. And it's not like a nursing home or, or anything like that where a lot of people, often these people end up. Right. Um, this is more of a community of they get to get to feel like they're living on their own and right. and they feel i mean because they are people and actually right. so if you know if you get the chance to spend any time with these people that you, you you'll have one you'll have some of the best times you ever had just visiting with them hanging out with them and doing activities with them because they just know they just they know how to live right they don't care about they live more simply than yeah. we do they don't have to worry about their image or you know social status or you know, like having nice things, I, I bet they just are a lot more um, content with, with what they have. Oh, yeah. And when they get a gift, they, they this is where I was going at this. When they get a gift, they receive a gift from somebody, they are very, like, gracious and grateful for it. They'll hug you a million times mm -hmm. and say thank you, and they get excited to see. The, it's like the childlike excitement right, right. when you see them get a gift. Or if you give them a compliment, and they're good at complimenting you, that's like one of the things they'll do is compliment you constantly. That's so sweet. And and they they're really 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 good at complimenting you, um, you know. And if you tell them, oh, you look your hair looks really pretty or something, if you tell like you know like I remember, um, one of my cousins is 
I think it's an older sister that's in this that lives there, and um, she oh your hair looks so pretty today, and she's just like you like you know she's just like she was um, blushing, and I was like I, you know she really liked the com the compliment, but I mean like they don't get a chance to, to get out and like really um, socialize with the regular community or not the regular I don't want to say the regular community because they are a regular community. Um, they don't get a chance to socialize outside of their own little community because they have their own little events that they do a lot right. together. But I mean like. When the community gets involved, their events become like so much fun, so much funner. And right. my, you know, my parents are really good at like volunteering and organizing some of these stuffs with that. And that's one of the things I love about my parents, because they have big hearts in that. You know, and I got that. I was fortunate enough to over the years get to get involved in them. And my my children and I would go serve. You know, whatever that would be their their lunch or dinner. You know, but you know, it was just it was a lot of fun because they. You know, I have a good time, you know, and they come get you to dance. Right. It seems like they don't have as many hurts, habits, and hang-ups as normal people. They sure don't. So, they, I mean, you know, and I was dealing with, like, a hurt, habit, hang-up kind of yesterday, and I wish I, I could have found uh, a place to go. I don't know. You know, there's not many places to go for things like that. I think, you know, Friday night, if you're still dealing with it, you can come to Celebrate Recovery here at New Song. Oh, I don't get hours. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just messing with you. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, Celebrate Recovery is a good place to come. I mean, they, you know, that meal and uh, fellowship beforehand gets you, like, just comfortable to go yeah. into the big group. And then big group is always, is usually a lesson or a testimony, which is always right on point and what you need to hear sometimes in the moment. And the small groups is where, you know, you get to get more intimate about what you're dealing with with uh you know the same kind of you know men on men women on women so yeah. it's uh it's more of a how would you say uh it's easier to open up yeah for sure because like you know if it was that's why we enjoy the the worship and the testimonies and the lessons in a big group because we can all learn together and then you know we can get more like i said more on a one you know more down to break it more down personal, but, yeah, yeah. And there's also, the, if I, I would recommend it for anybody who's never done it and they're involved in CR or they enjoy the CR 12-step, uh, uh, yeah. you know, faith-based 12-step uh, self-help program. Really? Not self-help. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's God help, you yeah. know, and, but it's God help through others. And, you know, there's um, a, a lady there this last week who had, she didn't deal with addiction, but, you know, we all have hang-ups. Like, we all... The, as human beings, you know, a lot of times we turn to different things to give us comfort or to help us feel whole. And if it's if you're feeling that whole with anything but God, then chances are um, it might be um, you might be codependent. You might be a shopaholic, a workaholic. You might have a problem with food. Um, you might have a problem with anger or depression. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be a substance or anything like that. It can it can just be anything that's basically exactly. keeping you from living a, your life like fulfilled and and in God's purpose. So. Oh well, yeah, we. I mean, like, I mean, beyond the addiction part of my life, I struggled with a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things preceded your addiction. Yeah, and and then with the addiction, you know, like they all come out to light, like hand in hand, as one big, big, big old mess, you know. But I mean, I struggled with. Um, Image issues, uh, control issues, anger issues, self worth, self worth, mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, like, and that goes back to, you know, um, 
your your childhood a lot of times you know people build up these uh words yeah words and then also one of the things i remember dealing with as a child was like uh and that's was the move came like you know like on the reservation we all kind of had this equal there was no social status so to speak right we all come from like equal and same background so like everybody was kind of like on the same plane but it's a really small community so i mean like we didn't have many kids in our class to really you know Right. You wanted to make sure you had as many friends as you could, so you were friends with everybody in your class. But I mean, when you go to big city where there's 1,200 kids, well, these kids already had like a social status. You right. know? What you wore the mattered. Clicks and stuff. What you yeah. wore mattered. I remember. I mean, if you didn't have the jabot jeans and BK, the British Knights jeans. I have no jeans, idea what those things are. Jabot jeans, really? No. They're imported from France. Ooh, fancy. Them jeans got costed like $150 a piece. For jeans. Yes. No. And sixth grade. That's what these kids were wearing. And Ridiculous. Then, and then this were like a flash in the pan type of shoes. But, I mean, they were like at the moment, they were the E-it shoes. They, they weren't, you know, Nike, you know, has sustained the, the, the test of time. But these shoes were called British Knights. Ooh. But it's, yeah, like, it just seemed like everything had like a imported thing about it. And it was right. like. I was in sixth grade and they were just like, well, you don't have this kind of jeans, these kind of shoes. And I was just like, well, what you ain't cool, man. Yeah, what does that matter, you know? But, <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was, yeah, it makes it hard for a person to adjust, you know, make friends. For sure. And so you get shoved into a certain group of people right. and, you know, sometimes, uh, when you get shoved into these groups, sometimes it just takes you know one little bad seed in the whole group to in, in, infiltrate that group as well. Right. So, right. But we are talking about giving today. Yeah, well, what if... Um, um, oh, but, oh, you know, speaking of giving, are you struggling with your groceries? I actually am. So I'm am I. pretty tight <laughs> right now on, on the flow. So. Uh, I, I think that's uh, another season that people are in at the moment. But uh, I know where you can get help with the groceries. Really? Yes, because uh, I have a friend. His name is Jim and Lisa and Karen, and they do this thing called Adopt the Block six nights a week. And they help needy families or people who are struggling, you know, with, due to COVID or whatever it may be. Um, you know, they they give they distribute food throughout the Bismarck area, and they uh, are in six different locations. They do it six nights a week, and all you have to do is just show up, and they'll they'll help you out if you need some groceries, uh, you know, or even if you're just looking to you know give back and volunteer. They're always looking for volunteers. Really. So, like, tonight they're at South Central because, and I do know this night because this is the night I'm in charge of the volunteers. So, <laughs> I need, actually, I need another volunteer tonight. Oh, yeah? I do. Uh, it's just me right now. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, you hear that, people? If you have some extra time. Exactly. But this is Four to, to six. Ra radio team is supposed to be long. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, anyone who wants to give their time. Um, yes. Uh, it's a great place. And you get so to help people. It's awesome. They're out at South Central School tonight, which is, uh, if you know where the Bismarck Larks is, uh, baseball stadium is, it's like right across the park mm. to the south side on, um, I can't remember. But you can literally, you know, see it from the Larks uh, parking lot. So if you know where that's at, you'll know where that South Central School's at. That's where we're at tonight. Right. And, you know, Jim also is the owner of JNR Vacuum and Sewing. I need my vacuum actually really literally and I'm being on the real and the serious about this I'm not even trying to just joke about it my vacuum just like died this weekend oh my gosh it like made a couple of clanking sounds and then <laughs> no. you know Cameron thought he was gonna fix it by hitting it with his baseball bat no. and, and it just it died so I do need a vacuum well you know you can go to JNR Vacuum and Sewing and they can definitely help you out 
because it's all about they they love helping people and you know they gave like fifteen hundred vacuums to needy families. I know, Jim, hook it up. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they are located on the corner of um, Main and Third in downtown Bismarck, so you can stop on by or give them a call at seven zero one two five eight five six one nine. Yeah, and some of some of the pastors at the church work there too. Yes, yeah. Pastor Michael, yep. Drake, and Drake, yeah, and uh, Jim is just. I can't talk highly enough about Jim. He's a very he's an you know if you want to follow, or you don't follow if you want to an example of how to live like you know yeah. a good a good Christian life. He's 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 one to kind of observe. Yeah, he's a great example. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I like that. Guy. I love that guy. So yeah. I have no problem going out and just helping him whenever he needs help. You know, right. he can call me anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got for. Oh no, no, we we got Wednesday night Bible study. Yes. We got Sunday morning service right now. We're doing only one service at ten o'clock. Uh, outdoor service. We have the new song Owls meet on Sundays as well and Wednesdays. And then we got the youth kids. Uh, Kingdom Kids on Wednesday and the uh, youth, the youth on Wednesday. New youth, yeah. New youth. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on at New Song, and we're gonna this, still have our Donka Pastor. I heard that. Yep, that's on the thirtieth. I thought that was gonna be. You know what? If we're everything else be canceled, huh? Knock <laughs> <laughs> it down with that easy chat. I thought for sure COVID was gonna be. You know what? I'm gonna call in and complain. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> You guys are trying to have a gathering. No, I'm just <laughs> well, that's on the 30th. That'll be after service. Um, come and dunk a pastor. All of the proceeds go to our kingdom ministry here at New Song. I don't even know what I'm worried about. You know, uh, I've I've played softball in this city now for three <laughs> years. None of you guys can throw, so. Ooh, please call people out. You guys better come and show them what's up. Especially you, Al from New New Freedom. Oh my goodness! I'm calling you out specifically, Straight buddy. Up. Okay, well, uh, those are some fighting words you just threw out there. So I did, Austin. So, so I'm gonna see if you can even. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I'm gonna tell him to take a listen to. He probably listens. He listens every once in a while. Like I said. <laughs> he wanted to come on the show, and he's uh, a friend of mine. He's been in recovery for quite a while. He goes. You should have me on your show uh, about how softball and you know I've been, it keeps me ha- uh, happy and healthy out of re- in the recovery. He said, and I was like, man, we don't have enough time for you to be on the show. You won't even give me a chance to talk. Oh, well, <laughs> he's worse than you. He's, I have a hard time believing that. Man, he's from Belcourt. Of course, he's worse than. <laughs> We're all the way. <laughs> You're all like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, if you want to call in this morning, if you have something to contribute, if you have questions, um, if you want to be part of this, you know, part of this ministry, you can call us anytime at 450-1424. The phone lines are up and running, so give us a call. Speaking and, of which, I have two very interesting, interesting people um, that do want to be a part of ministry. And I'm going to announce this on air because, like, um I do want to highlight one kid in particular, and he's going to come in this week. And I, I, I'm not gonna, not sure which day, but his kid's name is Jesse White, and he has an amazing story. And it's kids like that that should be highlighted in this community and around the United States in general because he's been through a lot of really, really hard things in his life, and he's still. Most kids in his situation and on the reservations are already by far either dropped out of high school and right. well into a life of crime or, or addiction or whatever it may be. But, I mean, this kid is one of the top basketball players in the state, definitely by hands down. He should probably be a candidate for Mr. Basketball. I'm going to throw that out there right now. Uh-huh. And um, if not, the winner. Wow. 
and I'm gonna highlight him and I'm gonna we'll, we'll have a video a little little profile video of him on our webpage on our Facebook page on turn up the truth to Chad and Jesse but pay attention to this kid if the season goes on because he's got some amazing skills and he's been through some stuff in his life and for him to be excelling the way he is I got none but I gotta give him a huge shout out and I told him I would this morning so that's why I gotta say shout out to Jesse White yes from uh, White Shield right on well we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we're gonna talk about different ways we give yeah before we go on a break though is uh now in order to be a good giver do you have to be a good receiver it's a good question. It is. We'll talk about it when we go back. <laughs> You're listening to Turn Up the Truth. What's the code for that door over there? Which one? I forget. The one you changed? 3775? Or 71? 3771? Yeah. It's basically just one letter is different than the rest of them. Because it was like 97 or 
concerned about my soul. Everybody's gonna die. Don't everybody live though. Sometimes I look into the sky. I wonder, do you see us down here? Oh Yeah, I got it. Truth with Chad and Jesse, and we're talking about giving today. Yes, so, in a okay, so in a biblical sense, what is what does uh, Jesus teach us about giving and receiving? Um, to the measure that you give, you will receive. Yeah, so you gotta. To me, what is he saying in that moment is like you have to be able to. One of my hardest things is receiving receiving things. Like compliments. Um, compliments. Help. Help. Even money. Really. I have a hard time accepting money from anybody, or and a lot of times actually gifts. I'm 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 actually a really good giver. I'll give away a lot of stuff, hmm. and I, I I like to give away presents too. I mean, I like to buy gifts and I like to give away money to people, and it's just like. It's but I'm, I have a hard time receiving any just about anything most of the time. Right. And I don't know why why that is. I mean, maybe it's something to do with my background growing up. I just never felt that I was worthy of receiving anything right. or or and money. I just I just have a just I have a just different thought about money altogether. So. Well, do you think too that I mean because it sounds like from what you shared with me that you did that you were taught growing up that you had to work for what you like. For what you wanted and for everything. Oh, I worked very hard. Yeah, and so I think that you become self-reliant and kind of have a mentality like, well, I don't need anybody else and I don't need what you have because I can get it myself. It's a good way of looking at it, actually. You know, I never thought about it that way. Right. And I mean, and that's all true. Like, you can, you know, like, you're very capable. Like, you can make money doing what you, like, what you know to do. And, um, but at the same time, there's something the person giving to you actually gets something out of giving and so it's it's maybe difficult for us sometimes to to receive but it's actually we're actually giving that other person something by allowing them to give to us okay um and you know you did bring up a point because it was always driven into me from a very young age that i had to work hard for what i want right and that I had to be. Nobody's gonna get it, give it to you. Exactly. You need to earn it. And um, which is a good thing to teach a young person, you know. I mean, it's a good thing to to know. Well, this goes back to even the bullying thing I was talking about, like when you know I, 
there was a social status at this age level, you know, and then com- combine that with like just that year in my life was a very hard year. I bet and that transition must have been really kind of shocking. And then top it off with, with the abuse, yeah. Yeah, and so it was just, it was, uh, you know, by the end of that year, I wasn't a child no more. Right. And so I had this mentality, well, the next, you know, not only did, was I using drugs and I needed money for my drugs, for my drug habit. Um, I'm, I wanted to make sure that I, the next year I went in that I did have these jeans or these shoes or these. So I, at that age, I was working all summer long for every, and I saved every penny I, I made. Wow. And I, and I bought all of my own school clothes and, you know, so, wow. yeah. And I did that from, from that summer on till throughout my senior year. Wow. And uh, I remember at 15 years old, I bought myself a truck. Crazy. And because this is what had happened. At 15 years old, I was working. You were supposed to be 16 years old to work construction. But I was working for another company. And, and my dad told them I was only 15. But they were like, well, he works harder than the people who have been doing this for 10 years. You know? <laughs> right. And so I went from, like, making $10 an hour to $18 an hour when I was 15 years old. Crazy. That's and a so, lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and I saved every nickel. That's crazy. Cause I was staying, staying. I stayed with my father, so I mean, like, just, I saved every nickel. So at the end of the summer, you know, I bought myself a truck. Nice. And then, you know, a lot of just, just a lot of different things. You know, I bought a lot of things for myself, and and I was just proud of. It. I got a lot of compliments, you know, mm-hmm. of how hard of a worker I was and stuff. So I was like very proud of the way it worked, and and it made myself. It made me feel good to buy myself something and be able to work to buy myself something. Right. Right. You know, but I also had a hard time receiving things from people. Right. Were you, like, were gifts a big deal in your family? Like, during holidays and stuff and birthdays? Um, you know, not really. There was some, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of birthday parties, you know, like birthday parties and stuff like that. Like, holidays were a big deal, but, (coughs) um, I remember... One holiday, where my fam- my mom and dad had pulled me and my brother and sister off because we were the three oldest, and said, "Okay, well, we're gonna, you know, money's tight, and we already had knew that there was no such thing as a Santa Claus." This was after I had already. This was like when I was in seventh grade, I think, and um, they said, "You know, we're gonna get you guys presents, but it's gonna be because money's really tight, you know, and uh, but it's not gonna be on Christmas. But we're gonna make sure the three younger ones are taken care of and stuff." Well, we understood. You know, we were sad, you know, mm-hmm. but we understood. And I remember my, my sister was the one who was kind of taking a little harder than everybody. And then, um, so we're coming Christmas morning kind of fully expecting not to, like, just, just kind of watch the kids and then have a good time. I was more interested in watching football and eating anyway at that yeah. point. And, uh, and we come out of our bedrooms, and I just remember, like, there was, like, gifts as far as the eye could see. And I was just like, what? I thought, you know, and then we started looking at them, and, they, they, you know, well, here, they, they had gotten a blessing where they got, like, $10,000, like, three nights before Christmas, and they didn't tell us nothing, and wow. that was, like, I think when Nintendo first came out or something, oh, wow. so, like, there was everything you could possibly think of under that tree, wow. and I was just, like, I remember that was, uh, I remember that Christmas, because, like, it was just leading up to it, it was, like, kind of, like, not something that we were looking forward to, and then look on my brothers and sisters, I was more happy for my brothers and sisters and seeing them get what they got. Right. Then I was worried about myself, you know, right. and and um, but I just do do remember that. And then there's one other Christmas that I couldn't tell you what I got for Christmas, 
I just remember being so disappointed because my dad was working in, down in Tucson at the time, and I hadn't seen him in like five months, I think mm-hmm. it was. And so my mom had told us that he wasn't going to be able to make it back for Christmas because he had to work through and all that stuff. And it was Christmas Eve. I remember going to bed, and my dad still wasn't there. I kind of held on to hope that he was going to be there. And, well, you know, Christmas morning come up, and uh, I still wanted to go. This was before we moved to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And so I was really younger, I was like probably eight or nine at this point, and I just remember walking, running up the stairs. You've been my mom and dad, so you know, we're running up the stairs, and I was going into the living room area, and I remember flipping on the light, and my dad was sitting in a chair reclined, sleepy on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and he had drove like 20-some hours just to be That's there. awesome. And I don't remember what I got, but I remember that was... Right, that was the best gift. Yeah. Getting to spend time with you yeah. guys. Um, so... You know, gifts don't have to just be like material things, you know, like that right there, like your dad being there. Yeah. Was actually a gift. Um, and to me, it's like a gift is something when you give it, you don't expect anything in return. That, that, is, that is a gift. Yeah. And so, um, what other kind of gifts are there? Um, I always say this. And I say it quite often that I believe people are blessings and gifts. Right. I believe people come, I believe they're gifts from God. People coming in and out of your life, they serve a purpose for a reason. Right. He sends them and puts them in your path for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been fortunate enough to cross paths with so many people from every different walk of life in in my lifetime. Because I I was, I was kind of like a a roaming person. I was all, I've been all over the place. Mm Mm-hmm. I've met people everywhere, and it's easy for me to engage in conversation with people. So if I see someone that really just interests me so much, I'll sit, I mean, I'll approach these people. I mean, they'll look, I mean, some of these people are standoffish and they'll run away, but others <laughs> will be sit there and they'll engage, you know. Right. Um, I've been called crazy before by people for mm-hmm. trying to talk to them and, you know, or just with, like, well, who are you? You know, like that kind of look, but um, it's just, I believe that God, I believe God, People are blessings and right. from, from God, and there's, you know, when he puts them directly in your path, there's a reason for it, and that's what I try to figure out, you know, why is this right. person, what's, what's, what am I supposed to be doing here, you know? Well, and, and I think, too, that you giving your time and your attention to actually engage and take interest in somebody, that is a huge gift, too, so people are blessings, too, but I'm, I know that, like, you are a blessing to people. I know that, like, for myself... When I give my time and my attention and I listen to somebody, like that's a gift to to a lot of people, just being able to sit and listen and, and have an empathy for them and, and to love them where they're at without judgment, you know, like that is a gift. Absolutely. I mean, you, you were one of the few people who've actually sit and listened to me for hours and that's like, it is, it's like, it's, it's a, work. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, I, you have no idea on the kind of level I appreciate that because um, there's very few of them that have. Well, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, God's given me a heart where I, I just, I really, when someone's willing to share themselves with me, like I, it, it just, it, it breaks me and, and it like softens my heart and I don't know, I just, it, I don't think everyone's anointed for it. I don't think everyone, um, I think everyone could do it. I think it's definitely something you can learn to do. Um, but I don't think everyone has the heart to really listen like that. 
And I know that, that it's one of the things that God has blessed me with for sure. Because um, I love I love listening to people and anyone who's willing to share their heart with me. It's just like, to me, that's a gift, you know. Um, I see that like trust is a gift too. Oh, definitely. You know? It's, it's, uh, if someone trusts you and, you know, then you got to, you got to respect that. It's, it's definitely a gift. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, in a, in this world today, there's very, is very, a lot, a lot of people don't trust each other. Oh yeah. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of deception. And so finding yeah. someone who's trustworthy is, it's a, yeah, it's a rarity. Especially coming from the side of, uh, we, we both came from. Yeah. No, that's that, a, that's that a, world. That world is all about deception. And yeah. When you live there for as long as... You deceive people all the yeah. time, too. Like, you have to to survive. Otherwise, yeah. you just get squashed. And you're very... Well, I, I developed, like, these gifts of just being very observant to everything that was going on me. And I was looking for the deception in every 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 instant. So, I mean... Yep, and then it, then you become jaded. And then it's like, you have to break that, you know, when you when you get out of that world. Bruce and I were talking about that. He's like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a survival tactic. He, yeah. said, he said you were, you were... He said in a world where... You were being recruited, whether you know it in that world, to be part of a team and right. be a part of a leadership that you know wasn't for a good reason. But he said right. because it's because they noticed that you developed all these different survival tactics that allowed you to excel. Be resilient and yep. Yeah, and he survive. said so. He said so. You know, Chad, you have a survivor's mentality. He said right. you've been through a lot in your life. Right. Um, I really like Second Corinthians nine seven, where it says each one must give as he has decided to give in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for, because God loves a cheerful giver. And to me, like, you can give someone something, but if you're doing it for an ulterior motive, and if you're doing it expecting something in return, then I think that it stops being truly a gift, you know? I agree. Um, when you when there's expectations with, with your giving, then it's not a gift. It's... Manipulation. It's, it's not maybe a form of it. Uh, at the same time, it's uh, maybe you know. Um, I wouldn't call it manipulation, but I just wouldn't call it a gift either. It's like a maybe a price tags coming with it. You know what I mean? Strings um, attached. Strings attached. I do believe this though. Like okay, so there are times and instances that like. I didn't want, I did something because I felt God told me to do it. Mm -hmm. And then he shows me something else. And then it wasn't expectation on my part. It's just a promise that God had promised me. And that's, you know, and sometimes that doesn't work out either though. Right. Because it's a never, God has a certain way of doing things. It's not always okay. He might show you something, but he might not mean it like in that moment or that next moment. It might not even be that, you know, 20, right. look at Abraham and Sarah. Right. You know, it, it, it took them a long time to have that son. Right. And even though Abraham kind of lied, manipulated things, and you know, tried to do it his way, you know, um, he still received the promises. Yes, which and is comforting because you know, even when we mess up, you know, God, God stays true to His word. Yes, He does. Yes, for sure. And um, you know, the thing about it is, is like, now I'm gonna ask you a question: How are you? How okay? Say. How are you at receiving apologies? Receiving apologies. That's that's another form of receiving because you know, you're you you have to offer something too. Later, it seems like forgiveness. Exactly. Forgiveness. Well, I mean, I, I can receive apologies. It can be sometimes hard to to give an apology. Um, 
I mean, it sucks when you hurt somebody, oh, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not fun to, to really take a look at like how you've just been hurtful or inconsiderate or insensitive, you know, um, but you know, and I had to do, deal with something like that recently where someone said, wow, like, you could have communicated with me earlier. I feel like you're just being really insensitive. And, and I had to really, I took a good long look at, okay, like, that's how this person is, is experiencing how I'm interacting with them. And so I, for one, like, I used to just, like, ignore things like that. And I used to just, like, sh cut that person off and shut it down and then shame would come and so then you know that was fuel for the fire of me getting high you know mm -hmm. um i had those kind of interactions all the time with with people and so now what i've learned is that if someone's communicating with me and telling me this is how what you did made me feel then like even if that wasn't my intention because it's not like i go around and i'm just trying to blow people off and you know like be rude but but there are times when I, I fail and, and I do things out of character or I do things without considering other people's feelings. And so like I stop and I look at like, okay, like why, why did I show up like that for this person? Like what was really going on? Why didn't I communicate with them? And then I get honest and I apologize. And, and you know, I, have, I don't have a hard time saying I'm sorry. I have a hard time asking for forgiveness. And I think there's a, there is a difference. Is there? I believe so. I think if you say you're sorry with um, with with a sincere heart, I think you're asking for forgiveness and with that apology. Maybe, maybe, but I've had numerous communications you know, with people okay. where I would say I'm sorry, but they would come back later and say you never asked for my forgiveness, and I'd be like, Wow, I mean, like, okay, so and I would be like. Yeah, I thought I did because I said I'm sorry, but maybe, I, but I never asked for it directly. So I think it, I think it may depend think, on the person. I think, okay, I remember we had that a conversation. Story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, now, um, this is what, okay, so basically they were telling you that your apology wasn't sincere. Wasn't good enough. Wasn't sincere. They didn't feel like it was sincere. And she, sincere. that's what she said to me. That's what, she, that's, that's what her experience was. Okay. And so, I mean, then, you know, then that's what her experience was. Um, so. And, and, you know, and I, and. It's funny because I told someone about that, how she came back and, sa and said that I hadn't apologized and, and he got offended and he was like, well, it sounds like she's just trying to manipulate you and control and, and she just wants it to be her way instead of like, and I'm like, well, you know, I would rather be the person that asks for forgiveness and humbles myself rather than be prideful and be yeah. like, well, that may be what you want, but that's not how I, I see it. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like it was it was more Christ-like for me to right. allow myself to be humbled and to just do what she wanted, you know? Well, you know... It wasn't going to hurt me. No, I mean, and, and if you were really sincere and, and, and you know, if you meant your, your apology, then it's not a big big deal to right. make your apology sound more sincere to right. her. Whatever, it Whatever helped to, her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, um, you know, sometimes people do, they may mean it, they may be sincere with their apologies, but at the same time, like the other person might have not felt the sincerity right. or, or something. Right. And, it, and an apology needs to come off like a very certain way. And some people are good with, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then that's the I used to say I'm sorry about everything, though. So, I was one of those oh, people that I would so, be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and my, I remember my friends would be like, stop saying you're sorry. Stop apologizing. And then I'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm saying you're sorry. If someone would oh. tell me that, too. Like, you might, yeah. like, you got to stop apologizing for everything. And I'm like, 
Man, dude, I never used to apologize for nothing, so just take the I'm sorry and apply, you know? <laughs> anyway. Right, but um, it's, it's, I think it shows something about, like, there's humility and then there's, like, false humility. And I think when you get stuck under, like, being sorry all the time, you kind of get stuck under this false humility. Humility thinking, like, you're, like, oh, always, like, it's always your fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, this was a really, really big example of it was, like, my ex-wife and, uh, like, and I still do it every once in a while now. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, do, to come off like that or something. And like, it's like that. When I say I'm sorry to her, that's like a like that's like nails on the chalkboard. She's really? like, she's like, will you stop apologizing for every damn thing? And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? That's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what do you mean? And she's just like, well, you apologize for everything. She goes, when are you gonna stop apologizing and just start, be, you know? And I'm like. Like there's a point when there needs to be action, and and, and that's sometimes they don't they fail to see like a lot of the actions too right. you know and it's because of the hurts and stuff right. like that they've been through and so you know I just told her I, I've been you mm-hmm. know I've been all everything I've been doing in, in life is is been proof you know action you know it, it may not be exactly what you want me to see see for me but it's it's the things that I need to do to improve my life and then and my my children's lives and that's all right. that matters right right. So, you know, and she'd be like, yeah, that's, that's true. And then uh, over the last six months, we've probably, our relationship's probably been the best it's ever been. And it's because we've finally gotten to a place where we can actually get along and for our children's sake, you know. That's good. And it's not something, you know, it's not something that's ever going to be able to go back to the way it was or anything like that. Right. And it probably should have never been to begin with. But, you know, it's just people make mistakes and, you know, they, they get into relationships out of loneliness or whatever it may be. You got some amazing kids out of it. Uh, yes, I did. They got yes. two huge, huge blessings out of it. I mean, so it was not a mistake mm-hmm. in life because these children wouldn't be here. And right. I love it. Right. What do you think happens, though, when someone gives, like, reluctantly? And we're going to answer that question when we come back from uh, the break. <laughs> You're I listening to Turn Up the I Truth. I know you do. You're <laughs> listening to Turn Up the Truth. <laughs> when you give reluctantly, there, that's when you when you give reluctance. Reluctantly? Yeah. Why am I talking about <laughs> Um That is when you, the resentments build because, like, now you're giving you're giving something you don't want to give. Mm-hmm. And if you're giving something you don't want to give, you definitely expect something in return. Right. You want to get paid back. It's almost like a loan then. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll give you this, but I want this back. Right. You know? I, I, that's why I've learned, like, when I give something, I, I give it away knowing that I'm not giving it away with anything. Yeah, expecting. don't give away anything you can't afford to lose. Yeah. Someone told me that once. Really that's, that's, that's exactly the information I got before. Mm-hmm. Whoever told you that was a smart person. Because you know who told me that? Who? My grandfather. Oh, yeah? Don't give anybody anything that you don't, you don't, that you're, that you need or you expect in return. I'm trying to remember who told me that. Hmm. I had a crazy dream, man. I got to call Luke. Oh, yeah? That crazy, huh? Yeah. When you grab, when you touch me on my back morning, like, like, in my dream, you were getting ready to come up behind me, too. It's crazy. But it was a crazy dream. Good or bad? It's good, but I mean, like, I just, I'm having trouble with part of it. Oh. Big trouble. Because we were like, you ever see Jumanji, the new one? We were like in the jungle and we were like doing all this stuff and it's just like, I felt like we were like in Jumanji, but I mean, it's just like, it was crazy because there's all these different people here. And Kurt was the bad guy, man. No way. He was. 
that's what I'm having trouble with. Because he was like this guy that was like just after us, like trying to stop us at every stop, every turn we were making. And then I finally, I just looked at you, I just, I just want to get back to the kids. And then here our kids were like, you know, they were there, but we were trying, that's what we were trying to do. Like all of our kids, your kids and my kids. And they were just like, you know, but Peyton was actually helping us too. Cause he was old enough to help us. So like, but it was like, Kurt was the bad guy. So it was, Crazy. so was Dennis Wool. He was one of the bad guys. It was, I was just like, interesting. I was like, and I remember stopping because you were coming behind me. I'm like, what? Why is Kurt and Dennis doing this? You know, we just want to get to the kids. That's what I kept saying, you know. And then like, but it was like it wasn't bad because we got to the kids, and that's when you were coming up behind me. It's like when we got to the kids and the kids were safe, but we were, you and I were going like off on this other little thing, and and it was just weird because we got the kids. They're happy. They're safe because we were like, okay, we, um, it was weird how you answered that too. Because like you, you took when we dropped the kids off at where we were going, you're like, okay, mom and dad gotta go take care of something else, and then just like hmm. we were taking off, and then it's crazy. It, just, it was it was weird though because it was like we were in Jumanji. It was like we were in the, and you remember when she like she dance dance fighting. That's what you were doing, like, to one of, like, <laughs> to one of these guys. It was just crazy. Funny. I was laughing because I was laughing. Is she really that's funny? And I looked at Peyton. I don't know. Maybe it's because Jumanji was coming. I was, me and Cameron watched it. Maybe that's the reason why that was the setting, but it was a weird dream. Our minds are amazing things. We went to ball. We went to bed. And I had to get the computer going in my room, so that's why I got her going there. And then... We were watching Jumanji and it was over. And he loves Kevin Hart on Jumanji. He's funny. He's like, I like that little short guy. He goes, like, oh. he goes, that other guy is just too big. He goes, <laughs> the Rock. Yeah. That's funny. And we were watching. You you seen the original Jumanji, haven't you? Yeah. The wrong movie. Yeah. That one's my favorite. That is my favorite. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Alan Parrish. That's his name in there. It was fun. I was hanging out yesterday at um, Amanda's. Did you see your little daughter? Her daughter's not there. Her kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Kayla is her sister in law, yeah. whose brother, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her brother who died, it's her, that was his wife. Mm-hmm. And so she is there with, she's living there with her youngest son. And she's seven months pregnant. Yeah. And she's seven months pregnant. And so I think they're both. Hi. Amanda said she'd used a couple days before. And. I don't know. I don't know about Kayla. I don't know. I'm not sure. But signs there. A little bit, but I mean, did she know that if that kid is any kind of drug in her system or its system when it's born, that she's gonna get a charge and be charged, and that's like they that's they they really stiffen the law on that. It's like minimum mandatory four to five years. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, so Kayla was with. Amanda's other brother first, and then so Kayla's one of two of Amanda's brothers, and Amanda's brother, one of them lives like right down the street from them. So like, anyways. How many brothers is Amanda? Two, one. No, now she has one. She had two, and then she has a sister. Um, but yeah, I just got to hang out with Xavier though, 
He's like two, and he's so cute, and he just loved me. Like, I just came and sat and watched TV, but then he just sat on my lap and, like, just was, like, all over me. And that's awesome. Kayla's kids? Yeah, yeah. He's so cute, though. He looks a lot like Tristan when he was little. He's a cutie pie. You love kids, don't you? Yeah, they're the best, man. They're way easier than grown-ups, you know? Like, I could be with a kid all day long. They just, they're simple. It's just, it's just so much easier. <laughs> Than the adults. Yeah. We make it tough. <laughs> we make it tough as adults on each other. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. I mean, literally, like it's it's pretty simple to to get along with an adult too. It is. It is. But I mean, there's a lot more stuff in the way. You know, kids are just easy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. But no, Kayla, like she wants to serve. She wants to get involved with a church. She's like. Well, she's like, get involved too. Well, I know, and that's yeah. I mean, I'm open to any. I mean, like, I just, I, I met the yesterday. I'm just like, is anybody knows anybody? Cause like, I'm, I'm gonna go meet this Monty Murray guy over at Sky Zone today. Okay. And then talk to him about joining the, this. And then I got this girl named Danny Danks, and she's from Belcourt, but she's grew up in Bismarck her whole life, and she goes out with a guy from Belcourt, and and like I seen her at the grocery store, and like she she hits me up from time to time, like she needed like when she had COVID, she needed a box of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that and. And it's just one of them things like when, like we don't even know each other like that. I mean like that well or anything, but I know who she was over her and stuff like that. And that's the one Jay started hitting up. But that's why when she, that's how I first met her. It was like in the recovery thing. Mm-hmm. And when Jay started hitting her up and was being rude and inappropriate. Right. Well, it was like, uh, like yesterday, what she did, she was like, my boyfriend's not back. He took off in my car. It's been eight hours. She goes, and I need to get to the uh, west or to Money Ground to get this money my mom sent me. Can you give me a ride? Well, she lives like two blocks behind me. Mm. She lives right by my garage, by Ed's. Crazy. And so I said, yeah, sure. And then when I pulled up, her boyfriend pulled up. Mm. And so they went and got the money. But I, like, there was something that when she started talking, I was like, man, you got kind of a weird voice. I said, you're going to be... Welcome back, Bismarck. This is Turn Up the Truth with Chad. And Jesse. So, we're talking about giving and receiving. I asked you a question right before the break. You ever heard of this? Oh. So, what happens when you give, like, reluctantly? I think, okay, so if you're giving reluctantly, which I'm a little tongue-tied today, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I think, first of all, you're giving something that you don't want to give. Like, um... So it causes like a little bit of a year almost looking at it as I better get this back or I better re- give or receive equal or more than what I'm giving away. Right. So you get, you're building expectations or you're, you're, you're just, you're doing it not from, you know, I believe any gift or anything that you give away, it, it's, um, if you're giving something away from the heart and from, from genuine genuineness and being honest about you know yourself when you're giving it if you're just giving it away without expectation i believe it's a gift right i believe god does that to a lot of people um but if you're doing it reluctantly and forcefully then i feel like you're there's there's cause for um a lot of a lot of bad things that could happen a lot of mistakes you know um as far as what expectations may be or you know for instance, uh, do you think a bank wants to loan you money? Wants to? Yeah. They have an obligation to. No, no, they don't. They don't have an obligation to lend you money. 
that's why people have to have good credit. That's they're given oh, right, they're right. given reluctantly and trusting you whether or not you're gonna pay your payments every time. Right, right, right. You know, a bank doesn't want to give you money, but they know that's a way of receiving interest on that loan that they give you. So they're giving it for cause. So would you still call that giving if they have an expectation for something in return? I know absolutely not. It's a loan. Right. But if, if so, I mean, you said like that's like a bank, but I mean, people do that too. Okay, yeah. Oh, now here's another thing. Now, if you're giving someone something, say you're giving them help, or you're giving them time. There's a lot of different ways to give time, help, or like you know, just for instance, uh, for instance, you say you and I are hanging out, and I'm giving you my time, and you need help moving your furniture, so I go out moving your furniture. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, you, well, I'm chatting I'm a little bit short this week. Can you borrow me $50, you know? So I borrowed you $50 and I'm just doing yes, yes, yes. Giving all the stuff. But you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is working too, where I'm going to ask her on a date or I'm going to do this, <laughs> right? do that, you know, I'm expecting something. Right. And I've had guys be like that before. Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah. And so once they, once that re now. Say I ask you on a date and you, no, you're a great guy, but I just, you know, I don't think that's going to, now I got resentment. Oh, yeah. Because you expected something. And, yeah. That's so not, yeah. that's not giving from the heart. Right. So, but, and, I'm, and I know the different types of giving because I think I fell under every category at least one point in my life. Right. And that's me just being honest. I mean, uh, when I was, when I was hustling, I could... Okay, I had a, I had a, a, when I was hustling, first of all, I only dealt with a, a couple of people. It was more of a distributing thing, but if I dealt with a lot of people where I had them actually hustling for me, I always had females hustle for me because first of all, they can get way more sales and they can, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason behind that. Right. And, and it wasn't because I was trying to take advantage or giving them anything in return, but you know, it just, I usually would pay them a lot better or whatever, just because I knew that they would do a better job. Right. So I gave them a lot of things to kind of entice them just for selfish reasons and selfish purposes. Mm -hmm. And it was always to gain, you know? And if you're giving away something where you don't expect anything in return, see, like I have a saying, I give myself to everything that I do. Because ever since I got salvation or I was granted grace, Oops. <laughs> what was that song? <laughs> that uh, no, I know what that song was. Um, anyway, if I give myself to something, I usually give everything I have to it. Mm -hmm. And if uh, I'm doing something for you, I usually don't expect anything in return. Right. I I've, I was told a long time ago by my grandfather is like, don't give like you said. It was yeah. kind of the same thing. So, don't give anything that you can't afford to lose exactly so i mean like if you're gonna give give yourself to everything you got that means financially emotionally you know if you're gonna become emotionally invested in somebody don't expect them emotions to be returned right you're doing it freely because you care and right. that's it and it's because god told you to do it. right there's a lot of times god has told me to do something where i'm just so uncomfortable doing it mm-hmm all, like all the time <laughs> almost every day there's at least one point when i'm i mean i think i even call him to you i'm just like what is he doing to me today you know like mm -hmm. i mean I literally and that's what i love about you because like you really sit there and you listen because like and it, and it, 
to me, that means a lot to me that I can actually call you and tell you that. Thank you. And and um, and it means a lot that you trust me, you know, yeah. to share like honestly and openly. And, and 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 I do trust you, so that's why I call because I, I don't I don't think I think you're the first and last call I make on that on that on that point. So I mean that that's that list right there, you know. But I mean, uh, it, it's 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 a big deal for me to be able to to vent like that, you know, uh, right. because I very seldom in my life had that where I could vent. They right. know they've come coming on pretty pretty frequently. Right. On well, like, I think about in the past, like when I've given my heart to someone or I've given my trust to someone and I think of all the times that I've been burned and people have just turned around and either told a bunch of people what I shared with them in confidence you know which is something that would happen quite frequently especially in those circles because nobody nobody's trustworthy you know um but you know I just think back to those times and you know, and there are times when I wasn't trustworthy either, you know. Um, and, you know, I really made a decision when I came to Christ and I decided to change my life by going through Teen Challenge and allowing that program to actually change me and the Lord to change me through that program. Like, I decided who that I wanted to be someone who was trustworthy. And um because i wanted to find people that were trustworthy and even though that's not everybody like i knew that to find those kinds of people i had to be that kind of person first you know absolutely yeah that change you know the change i remember hearing once you know the change you want to see in the world and in others you have to do it in yourself first oh that's hard though i mean yeah it's it's not it's one of those things it's like easier said than done i, I mean like when you just said that i mean it's just like wow that's hard but i mean I've made so many changes in my life. I've, I mean, I'm, I'll, you could literally take people who've known me 10 years ago and put me in front of them now and have them interact with me. And I can guarantee you every one of them will just like, this is not the person I know. Well, you're a new creation, Chad. And yes, uh, it still doesn't mean that like on this side that you don't get hurt. No, we're always gonna get hurt. Yeah. That's part of life. And and, and I and I, I think it happens on a daily basis with me. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm just like because things happen that I'm like, you know, why? It just like I I ask them. I mean, I still got the little kind of like whiny crybaby act as well. You know, like why me? You know, that kind of thing. But um, I understand that he's teaching me things. He's building me up for a bigger purpose, and um, it's becoming more and more evident actually why. And what his purpose is. I mean, I, I've seen a vision and, I'm, and I have a, a direction and a goal mm. that he's set me on a certain path with, like, he's placed a lot of people in, in my path to help me along this this journey as well. Right, right. And he'll do that. He'll always do that, you know? Yes. And, um, I mean, like, there was this video that got sent to me about, you know, it was just talking about this this thing that's, the this pastor was talking about this what's the driving force behind covid you know and he's talking about this demonic presences and then he's talking about how god wants to battle these new these new forms of attacks that the enemy's going to come up he said the enemy is still original but he does every once in a while come up with a surprise attack you know right and he and it's because he knows he lost and, and he knows the end of the story just like we do but he said uh 
there's this new there's this new group of leaders that are being that God has been building up for years that right. that nobody knows about. It's like these these leaders are people who have lived in the darkness their entire life and then became children of light, yes. and they're not afraid to go into the darkest areas that God's gonna send them because right. that's where they live. Right. That's where their lives, and their faith is like pretty much to the point where, you know, they live there. They're not scared to go there. So the enemy has no stronghold on them. I mean, they, they, they've they seen the best that the enemy had to give them. Right. And they still came out of it as children of light. So this is God's new generation of leaders. And um, believe it or not, that's the category of leaders that we fall under. I believe that. No, and, that, that's, and that's one of the things that, you know, Jesus told me when, when I had my experience, you know, and he revealed himself to me. was He told me that, you know, I'm a child of God and I'm a soldier of light. You know, and that I was made to shine God's light into the deepest, darkest steps of humanity. And that's something that's always stuck with me. And then I've seen, you know, like when I started studying the Bible, you know, that, that one verse that says you are children of the day, you walk in the light. And I was just like, wow, you know, like it really just struck me um, because, you know, we wouldn't like you. You've said before how we, especially you and where you come from, like there are people that wouldn't step foot there especially christians because of the conflict of their you know your mm-hmm. post culture spirituality and and you know what the catholic church yeah. you know just all of that conflict you know has created yeah. so much resentment and so much pain and so much trauma and so um it's just amazing you know and beautiful how like all of that can be you know, still used for something that'll bring god glory and, and actually lead people to to salvation and and that's what's amazing, you know. It's, None of it's wasted. No, and, and see, like I had a kind of a revelation in myself this 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 weekend a little bit. It was like a victory followed by like uh, just a, a, another hurt, you know. But I mean, I was like, I was really thinking about things, and I was talking to you uh, about this on Saturday night. I think I had sent you a message about my what I read that night, and it was it was about this new this new generation of leaders that he's been calling up, and like there was a purpose. There's a purpose for the way my life went. Right. And I, for the first time, I understood the purpose. I mean, this was like, you know, I looked at it from a totally different point of view in this moment. I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I might have hurt you. That might have hurt you. That might hurt That might hurt You know, there's a lot of hurt there, but there's a reason. Now, you right. know, there's not very many people that could live a life like that and not be broken in some kind of way. Right. I mean, and I just, I'm just thinking about what a, what a gift that is for us. For anyone who's able to live a life of pain and destruction and addiction and then come out of it, you know, and to be set free from wallowing in the why me, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, I don't, like, I know God has purpose for my life and I know that he's going to use my, anything that I, that was painful, you know, um, and I just wish that everybody knew that really, like, once you get past the pain, like, it actually can be a gift that you give to others through our testimony, through um, the life that we live now, if we're able to put ourselves aside and actually just give freely what we've been given, which is a new life, which is uh, the ability to actually walk with our heads held high and not under shame, like, that's such a gift to everyone around us. Well, you know, I kind of, I am a confident person, sometimes a little too confident. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm what people call a cocky person. Like, I'm, like, really, I got that cockiness to me, you know, and I got this, uh, well, I mean, but that's a part of my, 
then there's other times where I just come off like maybe not, not you know, like you're kind of, I'm being timid or something in a, in a situation where like I don't need to be. Right. But yeah, there was, it's just been like one, I mean, once you just find that purpose and the reason God gave you the gifts that he gave you, and you see the reasoning why, and the, per, and the, sorry, I'm getting tongue Uh the purpose for it and how to use them properly. How do you find out though? You know, it's, it's hard. First of all, you need people to give you, give you things and you need to be able to receive things. Mm, right. And, um, you need to ask, I think too. Sometimes. Ask God. Maybe. Always. No, not even maybe. No. I'm just, I'm just always. With you. Always ask God for what you need. I, I, I like that when you give me that look like your eyes just get big. And just... <laughs> no, we always need to ask God what we need. And I think, because I know a lot of people that struggle with like, okay, well, why am I here? Like, okay, yeah, God saved me and I don't live the life I used to live. You know, Don't we but, all struggle with that though? Yeah, but I don't, I think, I, th- I mean, we all do, but... And I still do sometimes, but, um, sometimes, but, sometimes. But, I, but I'm saying like, I have peace about it though. Like I know people that don't have peace, you know, that, that seriously like feel lost and frustrated with God. Um, I know, you know what I mean? I do because you know, sometimes I, I actually feel that way. Yeah. Every once in a while I get like. And it's, you can tell when I feel that way, it's like he's really, really just getting to me. Like he's just been putting some stuff on me. Right. And then he'll follow it up with like, okay, now I just gave you a lot of good news, a lot of discernment and direction. Now I'm going to throw something at you. And he usually hits me hard <laughs> with something. Don't get too comfortable ever. Yeah, and he hits ever. me hard with something. And then it's just like, wow, where's, what's the point of that? Now, you know, just doesn't tell me this. Now you're doing this. And it's right. like, it, it's... It's a give and take relationship. No, it's not a give and take. It's actually him just, you know, it's simple. Well, he gives us everything. It's simple, yeah. He, and so we have to give him everything. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. It's pretty yeah. simple. And um, I tell people, like, you know, I give myself to everything, but and, and I don't see that on hardly anybody. I mean, there's always people who say one thing and do another thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times people will do things out of selfish motives. A lot of times people like to be deceptive in their motives. They, yes. I've been recently finding out these people who claim to be Christians that are involved in some of the same circles I am, but I don't know some of these people even in fact, but I know they're, I know there's some acquaintances of yours and some acquaintances of other friends of mine that I don't know that I haven't met, but I just know that they're throwing darts in the middle of things that it's because of selfish reasons. And I know why. And, and I'm just like, Wow, I don't even know these people. Why are they doing that? Why are they getting involved? Right. And and it's just like I was gonna start complaining to you about them, and then this guy about his friends, or this guy about their friends, and then I thought to myself, you know something, that ain't gonna do no good. Hmm. All I was gonna do is just you know, really don't even need to complain about. Them. What did I tell you? I'm pray just, for them. That's all I'm gonna do yes. is pray for them. I mean, and these are people. These are people who claim to be Christians and have goals and visions. Well, it's yeah, and, and it's like <laughs> what it says in the Bible to, you know, bless those that curse you, pray yep. for your enemies, and that's that's a way of giving that really. I mean, that's it's stretching what we are naturally inclined to do, which is, oh, you hurt me, well then I'm gonna shut the door on you, or I'm gonna talk smack on you. Like that's what that's what people do yes. when they don't have Jesus, and I mean. 
even when they do say they have Jesus. That's just it. But that's not following Jesus' way. What was I telling you yesterday? We were having a conversation. Just like, and these people, you know, I, I, I was like saying it's so hard on this side. Yeah. Because you know, on this side, there's a lot of deception, like a lot of blurred lines. I mean, because it's, it's like. At least on that side, I knew to look for the deception in every situation, and I knew right. where I stood with people. I mean, if anybody could get a one-up on me, they were going to do it. And right. if I could get a one-up on them, they were, I was going to do it. Yeah, you know, um, but on and on this side, though, like, they God, God still calls us to, to trust Him. And, and, I mean, I think it's good to question authority, but there is a level of submission and trust oh, yeah, where we have to submit and trust the people that are placed in authority over us, even if we're not, even if we're kind of like, eh, I don't really know if they know what they're doing, or I don't really think they're being real with me. That ain't in the Bible, or is that yeah, in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that um, that goes with people, though, not just with authority. I think that, that we have to, we give people the benefit of the doubt until they I'm give not, us uh, reason to think otherwise. I'm not saying it's just like, I'm not just saying people in positions of authority. Oh, I, mean, I know, yeah. I'm just saying like, what what is this what's hard on this side is like okay so you know i'm a, i'm what they call an infinite christ and i think you were called the same thing i'm pretty it's pretty young in my walk only yeah, a couple so, years in yeah, yeah. My, my mine too so i mean we have a lot of questions we're curious we i mean and sometimes we can be a little naive to people who have been in christ a lot longer yeah and that's what i find out sometimes this is where i find out the deception comes in because you know you're gonna listen to these people but all of a sudden and they're telling you well, that's what God told me. So now they're coming at you with deception and they're saying it's from God. And then it's like... I think people think they hear from God, though. And I think some people will hear from God and then they don't follow through. I think that it's really hard to... It's really hard to break habits and break, like, ways that you've been your whole life. Unless oh, you go through something like an intense treatment, like Teen Challenge, where it, or behavioral modification, like program like where you're actually like being retrained and retaught how to process things and how to deal with life things it's it's it takes a lot of work what's and most people asylum? don't go through that i don't even know why this is part of my what's a dumb asylum i don't know why it popped into my head i'm just joking it's nothing to do with anything bro. <laughs> that's okay moving on moving on okay so now I gifts. Now we're gonna talk about spiritual gifts that you receive from God. Okay. But we're gonna do that when we get back. Yep. This is... <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Turn Up the Truth. <laughs> They're called dumb asylums. Uh, They're just called dumb. Okay, dumb. <laughs> well, a dumb bunker. That's that way. Is that what Deep you call it? Deep underground military bunker. Deep underground military bunker. Mm-hmm. I think I saw one. They're all over the place. No, I think I found one. Like, literally found one. Where? It's for sale. <laughs> it wouldn't be for sale. This one is. Then it's not a deep underground list. It anymore. was. It used to be. Maybe it used to be. I thought it would be cool to buy it and remodel it as a house. <laughs> I thought it was. Where is it at? It's just like 20 miles from me. That'd be cool. Might want to have it just in case. You never know. Get it stockpiled and stuff. My stockpile. For real, Chad. You think I'm gonna be hiding on the ground when this stuff's going on? No, but it'd be a good place to store things like non-perishables. Okay. No, no. What's gonna happen? If you want to buy it, we'll buy it together and we'll, <laughs> we'll stock it, right? 
But we can't tell nobody else about it. Because no. if you start telling anybody else about it. I won't it, tell nobody. It's for sale though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's literally going on the market like, like, I was like, are you serious? Like they're selling missile silos too. Really? Antique missile silos. You know, the little square fence stealth areas that you see? There's like, you drive down the interstate or highways, you'll see like this yep. fence that's a square. Yeah, I know. I've them, seen them. There are missile silos. They go way down there. I figured as much. I'm like, what is, those are so random. The, the, I knew there was something They're like missile that. silos. Yeah. There they used to be so many of them in the state. There, there's less and less now, but there used to be, like every, as far as I could see, it's all you see is those squares. I'm like, why did they just make one straight fence and then just go around them, you know, like instead of just making a square around each one? Probably because if they one blowed up, they wouldn't want it to set like, them all off. I want to tell you, like, you don't want to, you want to know why they put all the military, like, weapons in this state. Why? Because uh, they went around, like, the world, and they did, like, a survey 